In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's finally back. Yep, that's Paul Brown back on his own podcast. And I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Right, Right, Right. Jack, great news today. PFF giving the Browns a A star, A plus, two years on the bounce. You must be uh, loving it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be long from uh, before Mike Renner from PFF gets a job with the Browns. Then Andrew Berry and Mike Renner from PFF, who is their lead draft guy, them two are in lockstep. Um, incredible, um, the love between the the two offices. So uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't surprise me if we see a, a cheeky sh- signing one day. If, if he was to get signed by a team in the league, I'll put my money on it. It'd be the Browns. I'm going to ask you this later on. Do you actually think they talk? But we'll just say that to yeah. later on. But they, they talk with also... all teams, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Are they allowed to though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they they're employed by every team in the NFL. I believe there's cool. a version of PFF that the teams even pay for. PFF Ultimate, yeah, yeah. and they get everything. I'd I'd love to have a login. Uh-huh. Uh, Jack, why don't the Pull Round Podcast sign up to it? It's not available. I was going to say, I don't think we can. I wish someone could hack it for us. I'm sure. But Ian, how are you, buddy, mate? You now back at home after the draft. Feeling good? Feeling good. Uh, I see that the UDFAs start coming and all of a sudden Paul has ample amount more time to join us on the podcast now, huh? Yeah, something like that, to be honest. Uh, I just want to say to all the listeners, I'm very sorry. I got horribly drunk on my favorite day of the draft and I wasn't up to speed with everything. So I do apologize. And it took me probably 12 hours to recover the next day and study and learn everything that the Browns have done. How do you feel now being 40? Yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, uh, I've got an injury, had a fight with a dwarf, and uh, yeah, my knee's all fucked up at the moment. But uh, this is not a dwarf podcast. This is a Cleveland Browns podcast. But we and... will be chopping that audio up to be used at a future date, I assure you of that. <laughs> but, <New> intro. <laughs> uh, dwarfs don't like being called midgets, basically, so just remember that, yeah? I don't think over here the politically correct term is either. I think we have to call them little people or something. I don't want to get in trouble or banned again, but I know that there's a lot of words we're not allowed to use. Yeah. But yeah, mate, exciting news today, guys. Cleveland Browns signed two defensive tackles. Does this mean the end of Richardson coming to the Browns? Jack, what's your thoughts? 100%. There's no way Richardson's coming back. So that that one we can put in a box and uh, that's done. As I said to our boy, Jack McCurry, it's like 98%. If Billings or uh, Malik Jackson get hurt and one of your top two guys, because arguably we have eight D tackles now, arguably Sheldon Richardson is probably would be the best of all of them. The problem is, is obviously the monetary. So unless one of your shoe win starters is hurt, you're not going to go after a DT one or DT two. 
they're looking for these six guys to fill in DT3, DT4 with the possibility of DT5, which we're going to talk about. So you're not going to bring Sheldon back to be a rotational DT. You'd need one of your primaries to get hurt or something were to happen. Maybe Billings gets a medical thing and needs to opt out again. Then you might see Sheldon come back. Jack, you don't have to answer this now, but have you actually calculated what the cap space is like for the Browns at the moment? Uh, I haven't looked, but there's no issue. The Browns can sign whoever they want. It's more long-term. The reason why we got rid of Sheldon Richardson, it was nothing to do with the 2021 salary cap. It was to do with future years. It was a case of, hey, do you you want to potentially have the option of re-signing a Nick Chubb, of signing Denzel Ward, of signing all these players, uh, of Wyatt Teller? It was about those players. It wasn't, there was no issues with the roster this year, so... Um, no, they can go out and afford whoever they want in the short term, but it will have long-term consequences. So they're just going to ruthlessly chase value. But as Ian said, if someone goes down, they can go and get it. Um, I think it's now time. Let, let's We'll kick off the first two because I don't think they need any introduction. Malik Jackson is just starting three tech. Andrew Billings is just starting one tech. I think we're all in agreement. Those two are locked in on the roster. Uh, yeah, they're, they're the closest thing you have to a lock. You wouldn't have gone out and signed Malik Jackson, and you're not going to just pay $3.5 million to nobody for Andrew Billings to not make a roster spot. Yeah, so next up, um, who do you want to throw out there? Do you want Tommy Togiai, I think, is my favorite next to make the roster. I think Jordan Elliott is probably a plus 90, sub 95%, and I would say Togiai is 85 to 95. I would rank him. Elliott is probably the current front runner for D tackle three with Togi I being four, but now behind that, you got the Kentucky Derby, which raced this week. You got a lot of guys chasing for that four spot. We'll start on them too. Uh, the reason why I have Togi I ahead of Jordan Elliott is because I'd expected four DTs and we'll get into the discussion on DT five after, but if they were really, really happy with Jordan Elliott and they were like, look, we're 95% sure he's making the roster then I don't, I don't think they're bringing in five dudes to compete for DT four, five dudes compete for DT four. Um, I get you've got a couple of camp bodies because you need that third defensive line for the rotations for everything else, but to get to eight dudes is excessive. Um, And as well from the other angle, do you think Sheldon Day stays around a while? I think they're going to get rid of him. Yeah. But I, I, I would say, One's a third round pick, one's a fourth round pick. So not a big variation there. Obviously, Togi I slipped in the draft, was expected to be in day two. So he was taken later than expected. Um, but they saw a year of Jordan Elliott. It was okay. There was nothing, it wasn't special. It's not like we had a sort of Donovan Peoples-Jones style breakout and you're like, yeah, this guy's legit um, as a roster contributor. Well, friend of the show, Nathan Zagura, has said multiple times on Cleveland Browns Daily that the Browns liked what they saw from Jordan Elliott, even though it didn't translate to production, what he did off the field and in preparation and meeting rooms and stuff we obviously don't see, they were very impressed with. That's obviously coming from a team source, and he's giving the information based on what he heard. I just don't think if it wasn't true that they'd be letting that get out. And Andrew Berry said when they released Sheldon Richardson that they're happy with all the defensive tackles on their roster. And -hmm. since then, they've gone out and added five. (laughs) I I take it all with a pinch of salt. Three. Three. Wilson, McDowell, and Square. No, because they added Togiai since then. 
You said after the draft? No, no, after Sheldon Richardson was released. So I take all that media stuff with a pinch of salt, but I, I, I think both of them... Uh, they aren't locks. I, I would put it near the seventy-five percent range. I would have none of neither of them over seventy-five percent. I think Tokyo is the only one that I feel really good about to spend that high a draft pick. They they must like the guy. Paul is your favorite Marvin Wilson, the UDFA. Mate, one hundred percent. He reminds me of AJ Green. Gone out big to get this guy into the Browns roster. I'm scared that we're going to put him on practice squad and someone else picks him up. Hmm. I, I, so He's UDF, he was undrafted for a reason. Yeah, they've given him a lot of money, which isn't crazy money. But, but then they put AJ Green on the practice squad. Exactly. I, the, my my concern is of they must have told him something because. He's obviously got a feeling that he legitimately believes he can make the roster. There was other teams bidding for him. He obviously the the guaranteed money really early is nice, but for the sake of an extra ten, fifteen thousand, maybe now, if he didn't legitimately think he had a shot, you go to one of them other teams where you've got a really good chance of making the roster. Surely, and and that for me is why I I think either Jordan Elliott's at risk or they're talking seriously about keeping five defensive tackles. And that's what they're telling um, free agents. I mean, is you, is there a chance we go 26 on defense? 10, 10 in the line, six linebackers, 10 in the secondary. What, and take 26. it out of wide receiver room? or Maybe tight end. Maybe they run three tight ends to start. I, I, when they play th- three tight ends on... There's going to be a natural attrition based on an injury, right? There, it's going to happen. You're going to lose three or four guys. And I think it'll level out there because if you look at the depth chart right now, it's pretty balanced. I mean, I have it in front of me here. I mean, you have six tight ends, you have six running backs, but everything else is there's three to four guys at almost every single spot on the roster. So they're planning for depth at certain positions. What's crazy is the fact that when you start going down the depth list, you start seeing known starters, you know, in terms of your top six for wide receivers are Beckham, Hodge, Landry, Schwartz, Higgins, Peoples, Jones in the D line. You have Garrett, Gustin, Billings, Togiai, Jackson, Elliott, Clowney, Tack. That doesn't include Curtis Weaver. That doesn't include Marvin Wilson. That's the crazy part is, is, They've added this element of depth to every single position, which is why this conversation becomes so hard. Oh, that, except that. for except for safety room, though, guys. No, there's eight safeties, seven safeties. Yeah, but three good starters and three questionable backup. But you brought in JOK, and you have Tony Fields, which can play a safety role in a big nickel defense. But- this one's obviously all about the defensive tackle room and where we see it. Are we sort of writing off? Obviously. Malik McDowell, you you don't take all that baggage on unless you legitimately think he can make the roster for you because you, you no, no GM wants to have all of the noise that's going to come with it um, just to go, oh, we only saw him as a, guy, a dude that can make the practice squad. You, you just don't do it. Um, so I'm him. He, Is he a rookie? Is he considered a rookie? Yeah. Because he's never played. Yeah, yeah. So they like, they can have him on cheap deal for this okay. season, that's, next that's season, what and I the season after. So he technically starts his EFRA tender this year because he's never played in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. You can have him as dirt cheap for three years, and then he's a restricted free agent in 2024. The only option I could think is the agent called and said, Andrew, please, please take him in. Please give him a shot. Give him something worth fighting for. 
but it, it's one where as well you, you mentioned agents it's a really good point because they people like our competition will bring all these dudes in they can't be sat there lying to agents going we legitimately we're keeping five dts that's why we want your guys here because you just burn loads of bridges and then when it comes to udfas in the next year or guys that want to come fight for a roster spot they go no don't go to the browns the browns lie to their free agents they lie to these guys and that's why i legitimately think we're keeping five and i I think that might see a change with the way the defensive line happens obviously there's always this debate three four four three teams play a bit of both um but i think we might creep towards average um sort of nearer the middle so the detroit lions and new england patriots are probably two of the best examples of it is a properly hybrid front they're not it's a four man 95 percent of the time or it's a three man um front 95 percent of the time i i could see a, an increase here because it, it would be the only reason why fiverr makes sense and if you're talking about sort of your miles garrett your um clownies your guys inside well if, if you're going to mix up and have somewhere you're going to stick billings potentially as a straight up nose and have clowny one side, um, Miles Garrett the other. You can have two linebackers, and then you can have your six DBs. Um, or they could go three, three, five. Yeah, they could put three D. They could put Billings on the nose, Garrett and Clowney on one side. Keep three linebackers in. Obviously, one of them being your big nickel star, and we can go through the secondary that way with five. The other thing is, is I mean, when talking about the DT, you know, we've mentioned these guys here: Billings, Togiai, Wilson, Day. Jackson Elliott McDowell and square who they brought in today. He was the other guy. If they kept Garrett Gustin Clowney tack and Weaver, that's five. You could realistically keep five D tackles and still have 10. So you could go five and five. Now you have to take that from somewhere else in the roster. We know that um, it could be wide out, could be tight end. Maybe you can't do it. In, you, can't, you already have linebacker. room. You got to, st- you're still probably going to have six. Because that's such a special teams place. That's why you almost think that the linebacker special teams comes from the secondary or the wide receiver room. Secondary, ooh, it's here's the thing. The decision will probably be made easier once we get go. We don't know. They could cut Malik McDowell in a week. The guy could show up late to the first two meetings and they could say, dude, you got to go. Like, it's just what it comes down to. The, the, the crazy part is, is, you know, Damian Square, these are guys that are just fighting for roster spots. Sheldon Day, I actually have the Browns roster at 91 right now, and it's okay because obviously they haven't signed all the rookies yet, but I do see them making a corresponding cut soon. That's why I thought it might be Sheldon Day. Uh, there's, there's a large group of guys that I think they can easily chop, but it, it's a really, really interesting one to know. It is a hotly contested room, this defensive tackle room. Um, we just wanted to chat about it because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm of the mindset that they're keeping five. I think we'll see a lot of three, five-man fronts. Um, I think it's going to be really, really fun. And at the end of the day, if you've got loads of talent, Joe Woods can find intriguing ways to use it, and that's going to cause Sam Darnold and the likes to see a lot of ghosts because if they're like, hey – one minute they've got a four-man front and they're in base, and the next minute they've got a three-man front and they've got dime on the back end. Um, we can really, really mix it up. But uh, that is everything. Any last words from today? Yeah, also don't be surprised to see if maybe they take a guy like Jordan Elliott and they move him outside into that edge type of role and move Miles inside. I mean, you could easily see that. They did it with Sheldon Richardson. And if these guys are pass rusher, or a.k.a. penetrators, don't be surprised if they shorten that distance for Garrett and still let that edge collapse by putting some of these three techs on the outside. They could play five. Cam Hayward does it. 
certainly the case. Any last words, Paul? Or just go Browns? Um, mate, I just want to know, real quick question, what order are you rating the uh, defensive tackles past the starting four that we've agreed? So I would put Marvin Wilson as my next one. Then I'll put Malik McDowell and then scrap the rest of it. I don't even care about them. Yeah, I would say it's probably Jackson Billings, Elliot Togiai, Wilson McDowell, square day. That would be my ranking. We, we just disagree with Togiai and Elliot. We have them the other way around. But that is it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow chatting about linebackers you know who make linebackers really good d tackles so if you start seeing our progression here we start with the d tackles then we go on the linebackers as always go browns go browns